Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Heroes Asylum Movie Review Time. My buddy Jeff, sometimes called Game. On the other side of the glass is my buddy Mike. Good evening, sir. What's going on? What's going on with you? Oh, not much, man. Not much. Just you know, getting used to the new year, getting used to writing 22 on my dates, and uh, <laughs> that's about it. Yeah, I, I was actually writing out a check the other day, and I actually put 2021, and you know, you know, the cashier gave it back to me and said, you know, sir, it's actually 2022. Dumbass, oh. look at the date. <laughs> I I didn't, because I, I, it's like automatic. Now yeah, I, I know. To, no, it's... to do 2022, and it's just like it's one of those things that's in my brain. It's kind of like it's there, but now I have to get used to writing another extra two, and it just means I'm getting a lot older. But um, um, But I'm always happy to do this with my buddy Mike, and we're stuck in the 80s because we're always stuck. And we're doing tonight probably one of my favorites. Well, not a favorite, but I guess you would call it like an indie classic. But it is a favorite. It's Gleaming the Cube, starring my friend and yours, Christian Slater. Mike, what are your thoughts about Gleaming the Cube? Gleaming the Cube actually is one of those movies that I let, that really sticks out in my head as from growing up because I I was a skater. I was him. You know, when you see him at the beginning of this movie and where he is and how he is, and th that literally was me. You know, at the beginning of my <laughs> of my life you know i i, I did have the, the the half pipes quarter pipes you know and uh you know i i did hold on to cars you know driving through the neighborhood i think I, we talked about that on yeah one of, on uh, i think rad we were talking about when we did the review for that one of the um well we will get into it but the, one of the one of the scenes i recall from this film is a scene where yes tony hawk is in this film tony hawk and a prominently he's not like he is in like a lot of other movies no, where no, he's no, like no. background or he's sta standing in for somebody like he like if uh was a police academy for uh, citizens on patrol um Dude, like he steps he stands in he stands in for david david spade the fact that you brought in police academy for this conversation is frightening but uh, i'm gonna let that pass but uh yeah he's in this film and i think this is probably i think i'm not sure you want to say this but this is probably before we hit that tony hawk peak because tony hawk peak comes later well, you, well, well, not really. No, in the in the skateboard community, he he was a known figure. He was already known. Um, this is during the time of the. Um, I'm trying to remember the name of their their little skater club thing that they had. Oh, the Bones Brigade. This was at the time during the Bones Brigade, uh, where you had like um, we had uh, where Tommy Guerrero was on there, and there were a couple other guys that were part of this this skateboard. Yes, yeah, so in the skating community community and. Anybody that ever picked up Thrasher magazine, uh, you'll see all the kids wearing the t-shirts nowadays. They have no idea what so, that is. I feel so dated because <laughs> I, I picked up Thrasher magazine because I was a fat kid, so I couldn't skateboard. I just rode my bike. But I would always pick it up in the hopes that one day I could skateboard, but I couldn't. I remember my mom, one Christmas, she um she knew that I liked skateboarding, and she felt bad for me. She's like, here you go, son. You know, Jafito, here's something for Christmas. And she bought me a skateboard, but it wasn't one like one of those ones that you guys were doing, like the really thin ones. It was a real big, fat one. So she, she she knew I was gonna fall down. She was like, "Make sure you have something so you can support your big fat ass." But anyway, not into my fat uh, stories. Let's get into the review, yeah. sir. So again, yeah, we talked about Christian Slater. This was Christian's goodness. What his eighth movie, I think. He had already been in Living Proof, Legend of Billy Jean, Twisted, uh, the name the name of the Rose, uh, Tucker. He was in Tucker, the Man in His Dream. Also, Heather is probably his biggest known one as a you know being younger uh so yeah this was pretty it's 1989 this movie so this is just before uh pump up the volume and i think like 89 he had a big year actually 80 89 he did have a big year because he had heathers 
Desperate for Love, Beyond the Stars, The Wizard, and Gleaming the Cube all coming out in 89. So, so that we're, we're, we're in the middle of the Slater Sons. Yeah. Well, well, you can't call it the Slater Sons because he just hadn't, you know, he hasn't come back around yet. But again, okay. he was pretty busy from then on. I mean, even 90, you look at Tales from the Dark Side, the movie, pump up the volume. Young Guns. Was he in Tales from the Dark Side of the movie? Yeah, yeah, he was. Um, oh, what was oh, it? He was uh, Andy Smith. He's one of the the segments. One of the because they were broken up segments like we did for like Tales from the Crypt. Mm. Oh, okay. Yeah, one of those. Yeah, that was, yeah. So, I mean, this he was still. This is at his beginning point. So, he was a little bit of an unknown unless you knew, remembered Heather's. And I think Heather's was more something like for like the teens in our generation. I don't think a lot of I adults love under his character in Heather's man. Ugh, so cool. He, I wanted to be him so bad. You know, that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, we had uh, Steve Bauer. If anybody's a, an Al- a, a Scarface fan, you guys will remember him. He was Scarface's buddy, Al Pacino's buddy uh, from, uh, that came from Cuba. Yeah, man, no, he was, that was Manolo, man, from Scarface, yep. dude. That was his boy. He, he brought him over from Cuba. That was, they, they did everything together. They coked together and then freaking shot him. I got got murdered because they he's dating his sister man what a bad way from yeah. Manolo. uh you also also and if you're breaking bad fans he would you'd also re- uh, recognize him as a, a lotto oh that's right yes. he was the he was the dude that um oh he he, he put that one dude in the wheelchair i I, forget, I know what you're talking about he, because... he played he played the drug cartel leader a big stretch yeah, he was from, the leader coming from coming from you know uh scarface uh so he was in breaking bad better call saul as well the, the uh the sequel also he was in uh ray donovan never got a chance to watch ray donovan i always heard great things about so it have I. uh it just wasn't in my wheelhouse to go find there were a lot of other movies yeah, and shows awesome. coming out but yeah so again another you know, not fairly big name actors, somebody you would recognize. And then, of course, the baddie of this movie well, goes to Richard Hurd. I mean, dude, how, why is Richard Hurd the bad guy in this movie? Dude, Richard Hurd is a nice dude, dude. Like, to make him like the villain. For me, though, wrong. he's not. I, you know how I was introduced to Richard Hurd? How? V. Oh, that's right. He was one of the commanders. He was the he main was the baddie dude. in one of the main baddies in V. So to me, Richard Hurd's oh. a bad guy. So I think they picked it right. Because, yeah, the rest of the time you'll remember him from, like, Sequest. And I think he was yeah. on Star Trek Voyagers as um, as an admiral. Um, you know, he's also Seinfeld, Quantum Leap. You know, he's he's been around. But, like I said, for me, yeah, when he played this villain, it just fit for me. Because, again, I was a massive fan of V. Um, the miniseries, and of course, he was in the final battle. But uh, and if anybody has not watched V, the original, watch it. The, the it second one's been... great too, but the, the the first one's got a certain a certain level of cheese, you know. And, and when yeah, you and literally, when you... especially when they go to the series way, when Robert yeah. England shows. Well, I'm just talking. The, I'm just talking the miniseries. I'm not even talking. Oh, the about miniseries. The, yeah, I'm not even. I'm not even go, going into the the series. I'm just talking the first miniseries and then the second miniseries. They had they were, that's how good this was. They had two miniseries for this thing. I mean, what other way are you going to find Freddy Krueger as like a nerdy alien? And he, he's a vegan. Yeah, he was. Yeah, a, he was a vegan. Yeah, alien. Yeah, yep, he was exactly. A vegan. <laughs> he was so a vegan. just like completely out of the left field. And it's no, funny. Was... It's funny though. Like we bring up V. Um, you know, I don't know if you remember it, but the the girl that got pregnant, the little kid that got the the. the oh, dude! Can't, before you go on. Before you go on, that scene gave me nightmares. Oh, me too. Me too. Nightmares, man. Like I remember, I was watching. It was a Friday night, and when the first kid arrived, because I was saying, "Oh, it's just gonna, it's just a normal kid." When that second kid arrived, and I was like, "Oh, I couldn't sleep. Yeah. Could not sleep." Not, like, oh, not the best special effects, but, but oh. still. 
Uh, but no, it's funny. It, it's the girl, not funny, but it, um, the girl that played Nancy in V. She was mm-hmm. actually the second person to play it. The, the the girl that was supposed to originally play it was the uh, the older sister in Poltergeist, oh, and she had okay. died. She got killed by her boyfriend, and she had already filmed scenes for V. So they had to go back and redo everything because of she, yeah. If you remember that that story of of the older sister and um, or the older daughter, depending on your side of it, from Poltergeist. Yeah, it was a it's one of those sad moments. But we're gonna get into the gleam in the cube. So I just wanted to set up some of the you know some of the main folks. We do have a few other actors that do show up. You know that Ed that Lauder, are... man. Ed, you forgot about Ed Lauder. Ed Lauder should have been the bad guy in this movie because Ed Lauder in every film that I've yeah. seen or TV series, he's always been the bad dude. He's had douchey. Like... Yeah, he's had douchey tendencies in there. Yeah, but he's not the bad guy. He should have been the bad guy. But... And then of course you had uh, yeah. Did this is one of those ones that Tony Hawk. You know we talked about it. Tony Hawk had speaking roles. Um, and actually he probably had one of the coolest scenes. In, in the in the whole movie, uh, we'll get to that point. But yeah, he played uh, one of his sub skater buddies named Buddy. Buddy. <laughs> and of course, you had Chris, Christian uh, Jacobs who uh, plays a uh, Gremick. He's in there for for a few. He plays another skater punk. And uh, then also you had the, the renowned uh, stunt man, uh, Buddy Joe Hooker, makes a cameo in one of the chase scenes in the freeway. He's the, he's the guy where we uh, get that gets in the that's driving the Corvette. He's the cor- he's, he's guy driving the red Corvette, I yeah, think. Right. Yep. Yep. So yeah, very familiar. Go chase him. <laughs> so you forgot about uh, Min Long is in there. Min Long, she was um the uh, I guess you would call her the love interest of this film. She was also in, in another one of our movies that we did in our archives, which was Big Trouble in Little China. And so was the her um. The, the douchey uh, Vietnamese guy. He was in there. He was... um uh, uh, oh, was he? He was lightning. No, no. Was he? No, he was thunder. He was sorry. No, he was no, thunder. No, wait, yeah, no, that... no, wait, wait, wait. No, he wasn't thunder. I'm sorry. Long hair. He was the one with the longer hair. I can't remember. Oh, that's Peter, Qu- Peter Kwong. That's yeah, right. Yeah, Peter, he was, Peter... yeah, he was in oh. here as well. So you got a lot a lot of 80s folks in here. Yeah. So basically the concept is, is we're going to be following Brian Kelly, who's an underachieving high school student in Orange County, California. And, and you will see scenes where you will see the Matterhorn and you'll see... Because they're right across the street from Disneyland. Uh, the, in a few of the scenes, there's a hotel scene that the, when the nurse or the nurse, the uh, maid opens up the curtain, you'll see the monorail go by and you'll see the Matterhorn in the background. Most people don't realize if I mean if you're on the West Coast, you know, but if most people don't realize, like Disneyland is right next to neighborhoods. It's not like Disney World is for us it's in this massive acreage away from everybody. It's actually right in a community. Yeah, I mean, so, I don't know. I, I haven't been there. I mean, that's more your well, thing. Well, I'm just <laughs> no. I mean, just we'll just look at the map, and you'll see. You'll, you'll be surprised because they just literally set it up, and they just this town built was built around it. Uh, but he's an avid skateboarder. Uh, Brian's frequently at odds with his parents for his increasing reckless behavior. You know, complete teen angst in a skateboard movie. Imagine that. Uh, so the big the beginning actually starts off with the kids riding their skateboards around this this airport, which I'm like. I don't even know back then that that, that would have flied, but they find they come over to a, a, a guy that's going to be flying an airplane. They pay him so they can fly around and actually find pools that are empty. Now, me being the skateboarder that I was, that actually is a bit of history to skateboarding. It's one of the things that got, that got skateboarding to become so popular is if, if most folks don't realize back back in the 70s, there was a massive water shortage in the in the in California primarily South California. So a lot of people drain their pools. And so what would happen is these kids would find a lot of these pools drained and they would go in and start skateboarding and, and, and wouldn't build their half pipes. They had one right there. 
So it was kind of like a, I thought it was kind of cool nod to the history of skateboarding. That's kind of, I didn't know that. That's, I wondered why they always would skate in like that was empty. yeah because during that time there was a lot of empty pools. <laughs> in, well, in California. I mean, well, coming from up north, like a lot of times, like the skateboarders would come out mostly at night because it was so hot during the freaking day. And uh, a friend of mine who passed away um, last year, Augie, he had actually you know because he was one, he was a huge skateboarding guy. He, I think he built like a certain. I don't know, a certain screw for made a lot of money off it or a one time deal. He would he built this entire ramp and he would skateboard at night because it was cooler. And he brought a lot of his skateboarding friends over. And I would always watch them at night from the window from the uh eighth, eleventh floor. I'm like, oh shit, there they are going at it again. So because they couldn't find a pool. The pool at the time was, you know, it's full up in summertime, but you know, so he built his own thing. Yeah, that's I mean that's kind of what we and that, I mean that's what we did here, you know, locally. We just, you know, scoured uh, apartment complexes in the neighborhood I grew up in. There was a right over the wall. They were building a brand new, like twenty building apartment complex. So it was going for a, a couple of years. So we just hopped the fence, steal, <laughs> steal some plywood, and hop back over. You know, yeah, we did. We would do the uh, hide from the guard. Uh, you know, basically very, very rad. If you remember, we watched Rad a couple weeks ago. Yeah. How the kids were. They had the whole the whole Mentos commercial thing going on where they were hiding from the cops. And, and, oh yeah, and, yeah. yeah. Okay. And that's kind of what we would do. We'd hop over, we'd hide from the security guards, grab the wood, have to duck down, hide under something else, and just yeah, it was always a uh, surprise. I never got arrested when I was a, when, when I was younger. Yeah, me extremely too. surprised how much I broke the law <laughs> back then. Oh, thank God for uh for for uh, for uh, what do they call them? Um, not not time result uh, time for uh, for for where if you break a law, you can't they can't come after you anymore. The... Oh man. It's all right. Don't worry about it. Okay. Uh, It'll but, come to me later. So, uh, so Brian's, um, Brian's only like person that like really like he can he can seems attached to and re- can relate with is his adopted uh, Vietnamese brother Vin, who also works at a shipping clerk for Vietnamese anti-communist release the VAR, VACRF, uh, which uh, it basically it's an organization that would send medical supplies to Vietnam. Very, you're feeling a lot of the post-Vietnam War things going on here. You know, that was of something big in the 80s as we were seeing a lot of that. The the country kind of, you know, almost welcoming them back, you know, because there is a line, you know, it took, a, you, know, tw- you know, 25 years to welcome a lot of these people back. Uh, it's straight from a Johnny Cash song, you know, that it took 25 years to welcome Vietnam vets back. Mm-hmm. And to where, because you got to realize, you know, back then a lot of the, there was a, there was a big mess group that felt you know that these soldiers who were drafted being baby killers and all this so you had the soldiers being welcomed back and being accepted again and then also you had the vietnamese community being you know accepted again so they you had a lot more going on here but uh when ving discovers suspicious inaccuracies in the shipping records it, it, he brings it to his uh to his boss who uh who uh colonel uh colonel track who uh, fires Ving the second he figures out what's going on. Of course, Ving's dating his daughter at the time. So, you know, there's a little tension at that point. And we see that Ving's not such a goody-goody boy either because uh, when, when Brian comes back and Ving sneaks out of the house, you know, he's he's adored by his parents, his adoptive parents. He's kind of, yeah, he's kind of douchey to Brian. But, uh, well, no, no, he's not douchey, but he sneaks out. You know, he's you can see that he just is smart about being a bad, bad kid. He yeah. sneaks out of the house with his girlfriend instead of, you know, going out the front door. So, obviously... He and Brian are on the same level, but it's just how he represents himself. So, uh, so Ving decides he's going to sneak into the Westpac medical supplies, where these medical supplies are held, 
and just see what's going on because he thinks something's bad is happening and he wants to you know kind of get his job back and show the colonel hey yeah this is uh this is what's going on so uh ving is in, uh is actually uh, apprehended by the owner ed lawton who we talked about the uh the, the super baddie that we all that we all love oh yeah yeah richard hurd his character so he's He's uh he's apprehended and taken to a hotel and interrogated and by another person that's like right along with him and the guy like soaks a soaks a towel in the water and like wrings it out and then just like just, like start choking him and what happens is the uh, he accidentally kills Ding so and and he uh you know he he they they freak out so they they set it up to where it looks like Ving actually oh. committed suicide. So the you know, the maid comes in, looks around, and she opens up. You know, oh my god! Sorry, I, I, the actress is good, but that 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 pause before she saw the body was like, dude, that was terrible. <laughs> like it, it was like, what, like, <gasps> like whoa, whoa you, like you didn't walk in to see it. Like I would, ah! she was like, oh. Well, he was hanging in the he was hanging in the bathroom, so I understand she's not going to see him right away. But still. I know, but still, like it was like an initial like, well, oh, like, yeah. So then after the funeral, Brian finds a list of the medical supplies Ving was investigating because he had taken a, a legal pad and like folded up the paper and stuck it in like a little box. So but it was written in Vietnamese, so he doesn't know how to read it. So he looks for somebody to translate it. He walks all around Vietnamese town over there uh, and he encounters uh, Bobby, who um, who starts uh, to follow him. And again, Bobby's the like we were saying, he's the uh, gentleman that that was in uh, Little China. Uh, Pete, Peter Peter Kwong is is his name. Peter Kwong, that's right. So yeah, we, he uh, he proceeds to follow him around, and uh, so he what he does is he Bobby sneaks in the back seat of Ving's car, and he witnesses the meeting between Track and Lawdale, in which Ving demands fifty thousand dollars and a ticket out out of town. He wants to go to Bangkok, and he you know basically put yo know, at gunpoint. Struggle ensues, and Lawdale kills Ving. So uh, Brian uh, flees and notifies the police. Now Ving's got a pimp ass car. I don't know if you noticed that. Car is sweet, dude. It's a sweet ass ride. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie, that's a sweet ride. <laughs> so of course, uh, you know, Brian flees off to the police, and they and they you know inter- investigate him or interrogate him. And of course, that's when we're introduced to. Well, we're, we were already introduced to Al uh, Lucero, the 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 police officer. But we start seeing more and more interaction that, you know, he's he's it's a moment where he's like, I'm trying to look out for Brian, but I'm not, you know, he's like, he's still breaking the law. So I got to kind of. Yeah, it's it's a classic tale like the uh, the bad kid is trying to do good now, but they don't believe it. They're like, oh, yeah, OK, yeah, right. Whatever. OK, <laughs> sure. We believe you. And by the way, Brian is a better sneak than his brother was because he was hanging out in the back of that car. They never noticed. Him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just saying. Like, his brother got hung because he got caught, like, really fast. And Brian was like, yeah, I'm just sneaking around. So, just saying. so Brian can start, you know, consistently keeps trying to tell him, no, no, he did not commit suicide. This is not what happened. So he's skeptical. But Lucero offers to look into it. Uh, suspicious Colonel Track. Uh, Brian, uh, suspicious of Colonel Track, sorry, Brian reaches out to uh, Track's daughter, Tina, a fellow high school student and Ving's ex-girlfriend. After... Hold, 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 hold on. That synopsis is kind of wrong. Like, when did they break up? Like, I thought they were dating. Like, did she, did she, she... break it off when he died? They well, call him the well, ex-girlfriend. Well, of course, when you're dead, that's an ex-wife now or a widow. Oh, that's, if, know, you, still, if, you, if you die and your girlfriend still alive, she's now your ex-girlfriend. No, so they didn't really break up. It's just, you know, they... The death thing makes it an X pretty quickly. That was fast. 
Well, <laughs> how, how quickly? I mean, once once your heart stops, that's it. That that's as quick as it's gonna get. So at least more, at least more a little bit. Damn. Well, did it, did it say the, that they were hooking up? Would, let me re- re- read that again. I'm looking. I'm looking at it. He right meets now. up with I, Tina, a fellow high school student in Vang's ex girlfriend. Doesn't say they say started tapping ass. So nothing's <laughs> quick about it. He just runs into her. Hey, how's it going? Are you? Are she, he reaches out to her. So well. You you escalated that. Nobody I else. Not, I was not thinking about that. You did that. I was merely saying like it's that's kind of quick to be an ex. I mean, like he's only been dead for like a couple of days, right? Well, she's been an ex for two days. The second his heart stops, ex. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> So um, after an uh, after an image makeover, so Brian goes through the the uh, ugly duckling uh, makeover that's classic in most uh, '80s movies. You know, he, he, wait a wait a minute, hold on. See, look in the next line, Brian asks her out on a date. Oh okay. boy, I don't know what this... you're looking at. I've got my I'm, sources, so if you no, want to host dude, the show, go this. right ahead, and you take over if you want to go ahead. I'm so sorry, I'm sorry. Just I'm saying. Looking and I just got done watching the movie too, so I, I it's okay. fresh in my head. So okay, all right. <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry. All right. You good now? I'm good. Okay. So after his image, and the, and he does a whole full makeover, so he gets you know gets all prepped up, pulls his earrings out, loses all the, the 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 you know the the punk stuff, and he spends a few days. This isn't instant that he's like, hey, you want to go out? He does eventually ask her out, but it's not like instantaneous. Again, two days they've been broken up, and he he asks her out on a date, and they become closer. Again, she's he's mourning her brother, his brother. She's mourning the same person. I can kind of see your connection there. Uh, attends uh, They attend one of the uh, VACRF's social functions where he notices uh, Lawndale uh, and learns of his connection with Track and Westpac, which Westpac is the, again, that medical group. Following his brother's footsteps, Brian sneaks into Lawndale's warehouse and uncovers a shipping crate full of weapons. So that's where the mm. money has gone missing. Hmm. So Brian causes an explosion at the warehouse and plants evidence to incriminate Track, but uh, Lucero immediately suspects Brian and uh, uh, admonishes him for the act. However, this detective man, he's just, he's got some hate. Sorry. Well, the most detectives, yeah, if you if you know any police, they're always suspecting everything. They don't trust that things at face. Oh value. yeah, for a couple of years they didn't trust me. Well, did so. they have a reason to? Nope, not yet. <laughs> well, not. No, they, you gave them a reason to. I did give them <laughs> okay, a reason. Okay, so guess what? They're going to keep doing that. I screw up. People are going to keep looking at me until they know I'm not screwing up anymore. Yeah, true. So a uh, a distressed Tina spends the night with Brian instead of instead and discovers a lighter that belongs to her father's. Uh, again, nothing happened. They slept in separate beds. So just saying. I want to clarify that with you. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm just... So that leading Brian to explain all of his suspicions to her, uh, Tina angrily confronts her father about the, about the conspiracy, who is shamed by his involvement and contacts uh, Lawndale to end the operation. So you basically his daughter, you know, going, "Oh, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're doing something bad," and he's like, "Oh, okay, I'll I'll change my ways." Yeah, yeah. that was fast. That was a quick heel turn in face. So, Jesus, all right. Hey, I've seen quicker in wrestling. <laughs> in response, Lawndale sends a group of Vietnamese motorcyclists to run down Brian on the streets, and the police manage to apprehend the bikers with the aid of an interpreter. Oh, uh, they yeah. have an interpreter there. Yeah, that's kind of a weird addition in there. I don't. Know. That is a little weird. I'm looking at it now. The police managed to apprehend the bikers with the aid of an interpreter. So the interpreter helped. Like, yeah. what did he take them down? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just wondering. 
So Lucera is unable to confirm Lawndale's role in the attack. Uh, Brian visits a friend at Yabo, uh, who, again, Yabo is one of these guys that's been been with him since the beginning. Uh, in the beginning of the movie, Yabo is the one that got that uh, wrecked and busted his ass in the pool. And then that's the. Oh, guy. OK. So that's Yabo. Uh, I can't, I'm trying to remember the actor's name because we've seen him in a lot of movies. Oh, um, um, is... that's a, that's that's Max Pe- Pellerich. Yeah, uh, Drugstore Cowboy is probably like the, his biggest one. Oh, uh, he did. He was in uh, the Gilmore Girls. Oh, he's in Charmed and Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah, that's yeah, that's where he's. That's where I re- probably recognize him from. Oh, okay. Some of those, so he was in Rush too. Oh, not not the Rush I'm thinking of. I'm sorry. It's another Rush. It's a low budget Rush. Yeah, that was. He, he was also in a few years ago. Uh, Ninja uh, Ninja Cheerleaders. Got to yeah, we got to watch watch out. For Whoa, that. hey, that's one of the lists. And, Di- and Di- he, he was also in Dino Croc. So, dude, this guy, <laughs> he's living the dream. I want to be an actor in those horrible B movies too. Come on. So, uh, so he goes to Yabo, and Yabo builds him a newer, faster skateboard for Brian, and rallies the rest of the skateboarding clique. Uh, the skateboard is basically like. It's it's like a metal skateboard. <laughs> I was gonna ask you about this, like I was because I was I was I was watching this scene. It's kind of very, yes, I'm gonna compare it to like Batman, but it's very like Batman s where he's like building stuff out to make a better suit, and he's building the skateboard out. And I'm like, wait a minute, that that's a metal skateboard. I mean, is that as a skateboarder, not current one? If you are, awesome for you, but. As a former skateboarder, is that feasible to have a metal skateboard? I mean, it is for the type of skateboarding he was planning on. Like, I guess he knew he was going to be doing high speed chases down the freeway. So, yes, but for what you would consider normal skateboarding, you need that flexibility to move yeah, around. Yeah, don't so, you? Yeah. I mean, I mean, don't you want to do like the, the um, oh, God bless you, whoever's calling you. Don't you want to have like the wheels more durable when you're doing like a chase like that? Especially if you're thinking on going like, I mean, of course, this movie's like 100 years old. And now I'm thinking like, is it feasible for these wheels to go on the highway? Well, you can. There are speed wheels. Like, yeah, if you go to any skateboard okay. shop, you will you will get speed wheels. You will get wheels made for the road. You'll get wheels that are more made for ramps and tricks. So, yeah, there are. There's softer, there's softer wheels, harder wheels. So, yeah, that's why I'm saying. If he knew in his head that, hey, I'm going to be strapping onto the side of a Corvette going 60 miles an hour down, you know, I-10, bingo, dude. That, you got it. But, (laughs) so that's what I'm saying, you know, if if a guy was going to build on a regular skateboard, I don't think he would have gone so so hardcore on it. But again, we're talking talking movie magic that he did build him one geared towards exactly what he needed. He needed one that wasn't going to be giving out. Um, you know, or breaking easily. A wood one will break easier. The the metal ones won't. I think it's I'm trying to remember what it was. I think it was aluminum. I've seen some of them, but again, they're they're expensive as hell. So Brian and the police both uh, uh both converge upon Colonel Track's house, where Lawndale holds Tina at gunpoint. When Track tries to wrestle the gun away, Brian crashes into the room through the window, but Lawndale shoots and unfortunately kills Track. Who, which we don't really find out right away, uh, not until the end of the movie that he actually dies. But yet he looked like you know he wasn't doing too good when they left. Yeah, he, he he's gone. He was gone. So Track uh, then escapes via the police car. Uh, Brian and the entire skateboarding crew eventually corner him. So first we see Brian, we see Brian and Lucero hop in a car, take off together. Uh, trying to chase down the cop car, we see Dude. we see them lose a door. Which I mean, right there, I'm like, oh, somebody's hopping out the door. 
you forgot it. I mean, it's not mentioned in the synopsis, but it's one of the best scenes in the movie where he's, I, th- I think he's, I think it's Tony Hawk calling Yabo or somebody and Yabo's asleep. It's like, it's, he's like six o'clock in the morning and he's going for, he's reaching for the phone. First phone. Hello. And it's, and he reaches for like another, he has like four or five phones in his, <laughs> at his bed. He's like, what's up? He's like, yeah, man, you're needed. He's like, what? He's like, well, I'm not calling you because we don't need pizza at six o'clock in the morning, dude. That's one of my favorite scenes in that movie. It's so stupid because he goes back to bed and like literally two seconds, he gets up. I'm like, what? <laughs> makes no freaking sense. But it's it's just me, man. I, 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 that's what I remember from that. And then you see the whole skateboarding no, scene. No, that's me when I wake up. I get my alarm. I'm like, okay, I put my head down for like a minute and bam, I'm up. I'm going. <laughs> so that that's that's me too. That's not me. Teach me your ways. Yeah, so, yeah, you don't want my ways. I, I don't I don't do coffee. Never have. Oh, neither, oh yeah, I do. I, I, don't yeah, I don't know. I don't do coffee. I get up and I go. I don't know how you do it. Yeah, but most of my, my, my coworkers think I'm, something's wrong with them, but that's okay. So, uh, so again, uh, Brian and Lissera and the entire skateboarding crew eventually cornered Lawn down. And this is probably one of my favorite favorite moments. Is they're they're riding down the road um, for a uh, track in 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 uh, in, uh, in Tina. And all of a sudden, you see the skateboarders come over the hill, come over yeah. the hill, and they're coming down. And then, of course, you see the Pizza Hut truck. Now, folks, that is the <laughs> old school Pizza Hut, where the Pizza Hut was a true walk-in restaurant, where it was an event. That's back when Pizza Hut was fine dining. All right, you go in there, you order your pizza, you play a little Miss Pac-Man, sit down, you got your red cups. Yeah, that was a night out. Uh, it was a night out. Yeah, man. shit. That used to be like a date night out. I remember my brother, my older brother, he said, "Like, hey, man, where are we going? Go to Pizza Hut." Like, dude. Some dough right there. Yeah, that was that was a night out. So so that that took me back when I saw the Pizza Hut. I was like, oh. But then the Pizza Hut truck was beautiful. That just that brought me back too. Uh, but again, the best part is is as they're doing it, Track yells at the guy that that's driving the car, the police car. Run him over! Run him over! And they start going, and he plays chicken with the Pizza Hut truck with Tony Hawk with his hat on backwards, driving it in no emotion in that face. Just, yeah, it was like like deadpan. Just deadpan. I was like, that's the that was my favorite. That is scene. the best, dude. Like he was like emotionless. Like, dude, he was gonna do it. Like Tony Hawk's got Yeah, he's like, he's like, go ahead, man. I don't care. Come on, bro. <laughs> I can do a skateboard and I can do pizza. So yeah, that, that one was my favorite, one of my favorite scenes in that. So as Lawndale uh prepares, you know, they they finally uh, and then of course we get the whole big car chase down I five or I ten in in um uh, in uh, in L A or down in down south. Was this LA? What did I say? I did say where they were where they were at. Uh, Orange County. So South County. South. So California. I don't think yeah, I don't think that was I ten. That might have been the one oh one. So they're down there and of course, you know, Brian finally finally goes through and finds them a uh, or you know, finds them on the on the freeway. He grabs hold of a red Corvette and that red Corvette dri- you know drives all the way through the interstate. Uh he finally sees uh Lasurin coming up in his car. And oh, again, one of the cooler scenes that something we probably wouldn't see for another decade, like as far as like, like intense, like um, special effects or, or stunt work. Uh, Brian goes from the Corvette to his buddy's truck to the Pizza Hut truck with everybody in it. He slides under a semi truck on the freeway. We wouldn't see something like that again, I think, until like Fast and the Furious, maybe. Maybe a little bit before that, you know, we're talking about, yeah, we wouldn't see. Like, yeah, I think it's a little before that because I, I do remember a similar scene, but it wasn't skateboarding. It was done with the drive. It was the drive. Yeah, the driving of the car. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's something like that. Yeah, but yeah, he zipped under <laughs> right underneath the uh, the semi truck trailer, uh, and then of course you know he catches up to the 
you know, with his buddies on the other side. They go up this ramp. Lucerne's follow or Lucera's following them. Then you set you have Tran, and they wreck at the top of this ramp. They uh, Tran gets out, and then uh, he he drags Tina around, and he proceeds to start shooting at people. That's when uh, that's when Brian jumps off this ramp and just completely just lands on him, knocking him out. And uh, and then of course we see the the final arrest of him at that point. Yes, that is it. So uh, afterwards, Brian Brian took a mad mad hit, and so uh, Brian conf- uh, confronts Tina about her father's death. That's when we find out that her father really died, and suggests that hey, you know that they return to school uh, together because she's still not sur- sure what they're gonna gonna do. Her mom wants to stay. She's like, I kind of want to like leave, but you know he tries to imply, you know, why don't you stay? Let's see if we, you know we can work on a relationship. Um, and then of course afterwards, Brian and Lucera visit uh, Ving's grave before driving away. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry. I just keep thinking. So basically, this is a film about a brother who died and the brother who wanted to hook up with his. No, I'm just kidding. No, it's um, it's to me, dude. It's it's a film of the, like the era. I I mean, I was not a big skateboarder as you were, but I just love the movie for its skateboarding aspects, and you put it into like a real life movie plot, and it, it to me it was fun. It's one of these. It's one of the common themes. I think I'll say I, it, it was fun. I was entertained. And Christian Slater was at the beginning of his career. I mean, he wasn't even at his... I don't think this was his zenith point. He would have it later on in his life, but probably True Romance and some after that. But I enjoyed it, man. It's a it's a fun film. A little heisty. You know, stuff is happening with the family and the girl. I make fun of the girlfriend thing, but I, I think she, she, she was very... You know, in the limited scenes she was in, she was very charming, especially with Christian Slater. So it, you made her... You, you had empathy for the girl because she felt, you know, I lost my boyfriend... Now his brother's trying to comfort me, help me out through this. And, hey, I'm catching feelings from him, too. He's not actually not the skateboarding douche I thought he was. He's actually a cool dude. So I dug it. So even though I thought, uh, what's his name, being a villain was bad, it should have been the other guy. But, hey, what can you do? What do you think, Mike? Again, one of my favorite favorite movies that I've, uh, you know, that I've, that I've, like, I've always enjoyed. You know, it's one of those, dirt, it's one of those dirty little secret ones I always like to, I like to watch every once in a while. I, it's been a, it's been quite some time since I've watched it, but definitely, uh, definitely one that takes me back to my, my youth. Yes, and we all like to go back to our youth sometime, wouldn't we? Anyway, let's get out of here, Mike. All right, guys. Uh, make sure you guys do check us out with Heroes Asylum every week, as well as did I press the right one? No, I did not. <laughs> As well as the uh, as well as regular midnight movies, which we'll uh, be back next week for a uh, what? What are we doing next week? Doing Point Break for 2015. No joking, we're doing yeah. the original. <laughs> I don't see the look on your face. <laughs> hey, that was your call, man. I was like, whichever one you want to do, that's cool with me. Yeah, but the look on your face just said it all right there. I, I wish you guys could see his face right now. It is just like. Hmm. Okay, we're not gonna do that one. <laughs> Again, I'm I'm not on to be honest. I'm not a big Point Break fan. I really am not. You're the fan of it. You're the one that chose it. Not a big fan. Yeah, not. We, we no. need to talk off air. <laughs> no, we'll, we'll talk. We'll talk next week. We'll when talk we do this one. Week. All right, guys. We will see you later. <laughs>